Good morning and welcome to the Agape Methodist Church Daily Devotion Podcast. At Sunday service, we learned about our calling to be representatives and reflection of God. Our role in life is to show God's nature and to present the world as acceptable to God. As the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.20, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Our role on earth is to help all persons be reconciled to God. So this week, in our daily devotions, we will look at how these two roles work out in our daily lives. Let me say this up front. It is very, very difficult to do. So while reflecting on these truths, we must keep three things in mind. First, We must be very committed to this calling of God to be his representative and his reflection. When your heart is elsewhere, none of this will make sense. In fact, it will seem to be a foolish thing to do. For example, if your heart is set on seeking enjoyment for your life, then aiming to treat your enemy with dignity, or to cast out adulterous thoughts, or to forgive our enemies will become impossible unless you are very focused on the truth that you are meant to represent God in bringing the world to Him and to reflect God's holy nature, all of this will be impossible. 2. Be patient with yourself. God takes time to transform us. You will fail and fail and fail as you embark on this journey. But just because you fail doesn't mean you give up and give in to all the temptations that will hit you. Every success you have, however small, is cause for celebration. Over time, God will transform your tastes and your desires. Instead of beating yourself over your failures, find better ways of thinking. Philippians 4, chapter 4, verse 8 says, Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. I had a health coach and we were talking about what was causing inflammation and allergic reactions that I was experiencing. I discovered that one of the causes was yellow noodles. Unfortunately, mipokta was a staple for me. I had this for breakfast every day without fail. I told my coach I knew it was bad for me, but that it would be impossible to get off it. He then told me to think of alternatives. We explored some alternatives, but none as alluring as mi pokta. He then told me that while I needed to consciously go for certain foods, I didn't have to beat myself if I succumbed occasionally. But he assured me that over time I would lose my taste for yellow noodles. I didn't believe him, but agreed to explore alternatives. There's now been several months since I touched mi pokta or any other yellow noodle. These days I walk past the stall and think, why should I eat something like this? As you begin to think of God's blessings, or how others are a blessing, you will eventually think less of negative things. 3. Depend entirely on God. Pray whenever you are tempted and later I'll guide you as to how to pray. Only God can change our hearts and our desires. God also intervenes at various times when we are sorely tempted. 
So now we look at the first part, being angry with a brother. Let's look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 21 to 26. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, You shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, or a swear word, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, You fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still together on the way or your adversary may hand you over to the judge. The judge may hand you over to the officer and you may be thrown into prison. Truly I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. Jesus begins with, You have heard that it was said long ago, implying that there was authority that the people relied on for their moral code. But Jesus, who was before even creation, wanted to let his listeners know that he has an earlier and deeper history, that the original purpose of this command was about communion with each other, and that it went beyond killing a person, but involved also our disrespecting or being disdainful of another. When we call another a fool or curse another, we go against our calling as custodians of God's world. No one should ever be allowed to curse what has been entrusted to him. Imagine if you were given an assignment to produce a piece of work and to present it at the end of the week. You would not trash it and destroy that project. If you did that, you would lose your job or fail your assignment right away. You might even be expelled from school. So, if, together with others, we are given the role of nurturing the world and to present the world and her people to God at the day of judgment, you would want to bless every person and everything in the world. You would want to to present a world that is reconciled with God. You would never think of cursing the world that has been entrusted to you. We may be very upset with what another person does, What the other person does may be so outrageously wrong that it sickens you. And it is alright to feel sick and angry about another person's actions. But this revulsion for the cruelty and selfishness or stupidity of another's action must not lead us to write the person off. Our role as God's representative is to still bring that person to be reconciled with God. Regardless of how cruel or evil a person is, that person is still God's creation. And God is able to raise him from the dead, spiritually speaking. If God doesn't write that person off, neither can we. The Apostle Paul persecuted the church and Christians violently and cruelly before his conversion. Christians were terrified of him and he went about arresting Christians to be tortured and killed. But God still saw that he was redeemable. When Jesus appeared to him, he reasoned with Saul. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? These were not severe words or words of condemnation, but gentleness in reasoning with him. Jesus' gentle approach to him stirred something deep within him, and Saul came to his senses. It does not mean that we do not confront a wrongdoer, but it means that we confront with respect and confirm that that person is still created by God, 
even if he has turned far from God and his life has been distorted by sin. We turn now to what happens when we have offended others. This is like the easier thing to do. We will look at what to do when others hurt or offend us. For today we look at what happens when we offend others. Jesus says that when someone has been offended by us, don't continue with your offering. First, go and be reconciled with that person. In the early biblical days, offering a gift to God was the main act of worship. These days we have singing and sermon, etc. as acts of worship. In the days of Jesus and earlier, worship consisted mainly of bringing a gift to God. So when Jesus talked about offering, he was talking about worshipping God and communing with God. We learned on Sunday that salt makes an offering acceptable to God. If you wish to look that up, read Leviticus chapter 2 verse 13 and Ezekiel chapter 43 verse 24. Jesus says that we are the salt of the earth. So we are to the world what salt is to an offering. Just as salt makes an offering acceptable, we make the world acceptable to God. Or we draw the world to be reconciled to God. When we offend another, we push another, the other away from God. The offence in our case may be acting unjustly towards another person, or refusing to pay a rightful debt, or saying awful and insulting things to another, or lying about another. Whatever our offence may be, we are not acting as God's representative to draw that person to God. Hence, if, our lives, if in our lives we fail as salt to the world, we cannot be giving acceptable offerings to God. In our day, we may think that it is okay to cheat someone and continue to worship God or to serve God. Early in my ministry, I had to confront a man who was openly cheating on his wife while insisting on being baptised and received into church membership. When I told him I could not do so, he complained to my senior pastor and demanded that my senior pastor order me to baptise and receive him into membership. Of course, my senior pastor refused to do so. But sometimes we, we deceive ourselves by thinking that we can continue to worship God or continuing to hurt other people. While of course outwardly we can do so, the inward truth is that it is not possible. When we continue to offend others, our worship and service is not acceptable to God. We can do everything seemingly correctly outwardly, even preach a good sermon, organize a good church event, lead worship impressively. But the inward truth is that none of this matters to God. We have gone against our calling as God's representative and custodian to the world, and our worship act of worship is empty before God. Hence Jesus says, first go and be reconciled. When we reach out to the person we have offended, we need to do so sincerely, trying to gloss over our sin or avoid apologizing when that is necessary, or making restitution is not or refusing to make restitution is not acceptable. We need to genuinely seek to right a wrong. This is very difficult to do. I struggle very much with this. But perhaps if we know that what is at stake is that our true communion with God is affected, we may want to ask God to help us. Jesus gave an illustration of one being sued by an adversary. And then he said, if you have no defence, it would make sense to settle lest your adversary bring the case all the way and you end up in jail. When I was practicing as a lawyer, I worked in a small law firm. I was in charge of litigation. 
Because we were desperate for business, I went beyond what was expected of me to settle our cases. I had a case where the, the debtor refused to pay. I had written to the debtor and the debtor ignored my letters. So I decided to pay the debtor a visit in his office. I found myself outside an office in a sleazy office block. Upon knocking, a man opened the door. Five burly men with fully tattooed bodies confronted me. They were very intimidating and menacing. I explained that I was simply letting them know that my client was going to pursue the matter if they continued to ignore our letters. I politely explained to them that they really had no case and that ignoring the letters would only result in escalating costs as my client was determined to pursue them. If they settled then, there would be no more costs. The five burly men discussed for a while and to my surprise wrote a cheque for the amount. On a secular level, these men saw the sense of settling matters quickly. They knew that their fighting a lost cause would result in their getting into more and more trouble. Will we also recognise what is at stake when we forsake God's calling for us to be his representatives and reflection? It is a high calling to draw people to be reconciled with God. Will we rise to the call and ask God to transform our thoughts? so that we indeed see ourselves as ambassadors for Christ? Let me now lead you in some reflection and prayer. Perhaps you tend to get very angry with people and in your anger you curse, curse quietly or you curse openly at them. It's just become a habit. Ask God to help you in this matter. On your own, perhaps, think of other ways of changing. One of the ways that Jesus taught us was to bless instead of curse. If at the moment of great anger, you could just say to God, God, help me to bless. Tell God honestly you can't do it. And God knows that you can't do it on your own strength. But then you could ask God to just help you to bless that person. You know, I've learned from very hard, long experience that when I started doing that, when I said, God, I just find it so hard to bless. I'm so angry. But God, bless that person. Teach me to love him. Teach me to love her. God changes our hearts. Try that. Try looking when you have to confront someone who is, whom you hate very much. Pray, God, help me to love her. Even before you confront, pray that you will not confront in anger. You will still confront, but you will not confront condemning that person or thinking that that person should be thrown into the trash heap. Rather, Ask God to help you to be respectful as you confront that person. You will need to rely so much on God. You can't do it on your own. But it's at these moments that you begin to see great miracles take place. Just pray, cry out to God to teach you how to love. Now when it comes to making 
things right sometimes calls for great sacrifice. You may have refused to pay a debt not because you are in the right but simply because well you have been powerful and you don't need to pay. You may have said something very hurtful to someone and you don't want to retract or to say sorry. Bring that before the Lord. And ask God if there is a way where you can make things right. Let God guide you step by step. Don't write yourself out. Don't say, well, this is way too hard. Forget it. I can't do it. Because God is patient with us. Even when our hearts hold back and we refuse to do it God's way, at least talk to God about it. Tell God, this time I can't. Just help me. And watch what God will do to your life. God is a very gracious and loving Father. And He will find a way to help you to make peace. And more than making peace, to bring about reconciliation between that person and even reconciliation with God. Let us pray. Father, you have called us to do a very difficult thing. But the act is difficult not because you are just a tough taskmaster, but because you have given us a high calling. You have called us to be your representatives on earth, to draw the world to you, to call to the world, be, re be reconciled with you. And God, this is such an awesome, such a huge calling for our lives. And God, we are worse than novices. We're just starting out, Lord, in this difficult journey. And yet, Lord, we, we want to embrace this calling that you've made for us. A calling to represent you in the world and a calling to reflect your nature to the world. I pray for my brothers and sisters that day by day as we bring ourselves to you, you will change, you transform our hearts. You help us to be just that, your representatives and your reflection. And God, while we may fail again and again, help us not to give up, but to keep trusting you. And in bringing our most difficult moments to you, discover that indeed you are God of miracles. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope that you have a whole day of blessing and I'll meet you all again tomorrow. God bless you.